open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Mark Wong Tower, Mark Wong Tower, this is Albatross 13, requesting permission to land. Over. I don't need a computer to tell me how to land a damn airplane. Six. Heads up display, check. Five. Lasers, check. Four. Particle beam, check. Three. Photon bolts, check. Two. Chair control, check. One. Let's do it. Broadcasting from a secret underground location somewhere in Moss Eisley, this is the Docking Bay 77 Podcast. Make yourself comfortable. The show is about to start. Hello and welcome to the Docking Bay 77 Podcast. I am your host, Dayton Johnson. Hello. This is a, a fantastic episode we have for you. Uh, we're discussing a couple movies that are very much related in some weird, unusual ways, but are absolutely fantastic. And I've brought a couple of fantastic guys along to discuss these wonderful movies. Please welcome a guy who thinks, uh, likes to go head body, head body, uh, the co-host of the film by podcast, Jeff Johnson. Hello, Jeff. Hello. I have been training hard and I'm ready to go a couple rounds with both of you. <laughs> and welcome somebody who thinks ufc stands for ultimate food challenge small businesses owner and foodie andrew blakely hello andrew hello glad to be here i've been training for this my whole life it's all about food <laughs> that's right that's right okay the movies we are discussing this week well we're getting in the ring when we're getting our fight on we are discussing two movies that focus on working class families they're very real issues and what drives people into the ring. We are discussing the 2010 The Fighter versus the 2011 Warrior. Now, before we get into the movies, uh, a couple of housekeeping things we want to take care of real quick. First of all, we have two new patrons. Yay! Uh, first one, uh, $5 patron, Robert Burnett, frequent guest. Thank you, Robert. It's always awesome when uh, our guests actually help contribute in other ways. So it's fantastic. And a uh, new listener and new supporter, uh, Carlos Moda. Um, he's also a $5 patron. Thank you very much, Carlos. And uh, I've actually interacted with him on social media. And he loves what we do. And we love the fact that he loves what we do. Uh, reach out to us on social media and let us know if you love us too. We are on Twitter at DockingBase77Pod, on Facebook, DockingBase77Podcast, and reach out on email, DockingBase77Podcast at gmail.com. And like I said, you can also go to Patreon, search Docking Bay 77 and be like Carlos and be like Robert. All right, moving on. We are going to, uh, we have some feedback from our top seven bad movies we love episode, um, which was so much fun. I was, I was laughing an hour after we were done recording. Uh, from Deaf Dave, David Wright, his list includes Crush Groove, Flash Gordon. That's on a lot of people's lists because it's awesome. Uh, Shaolin Soccer, Conan the Destroyer. Beat Street, American Ninja, and Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of fantastic. All right. Now, hey, Jeff, you have a list, too. Uh, your list also I has did. Flash Gordon, <laughs> as it will it should. Uh, Masters of the Universe, Hackers. I actually had a screener of that back from Suncoast days. Uh, the Last Action Hero. The best part of that is the soundtrack. Uh, Jaws the Revenge. <sighs> Escape from L.A. <laughs> the surfing scene just makes me cringe. So good. <laughs> and yep. The Room, which is 
just you're right that's just <laughs> terrible anyway so <laughs> let us know what your uh top seven bad movies you love are on on social media as well and we love to hear from any and all of our listeners so there that's taken care of now back to the movies uh did either one of you guys see either one of these in the theater yeah yes. i uh, actually saw the fighter in theater i'm uh, a big david russell fan right um and so it was just it was a no-brainer uh i didn't actually see warrior until several years later though which okay. i think is a disappointing thing now that i've you know kind of gotten into it i'm I'm sad i didn't see it yeah, yeah. Great, great film yeah what about you jeff i yeah i luckily i got to see both of these in the theater uh the oh, fighter nice. definitely definitely had a a bigger um media presence as far as yeah. like letting you know mm-hmm. about it so uh, and again like andrew being a, a russell fan um definitely went out and saw it loved it uh warrior which uh didn't have a lot of coverage nope. um i saw that uh it was released in september and it was my birthday movie and i was very thankful for that because it's uh, been one of my favorites ever since yeah it's uh i unfortunately did not get to see the one in the theater um but uh and it's it's funny to look at the all the response that the fighter got um and versus warrior because it's like i think you have a big studio in paramount and a smaller studio in lionsgate and i think that kind of uh attributes to that especially considering how few oscar nominations warrior got and how many mm-hmm. um the fighter did so mm-hmm. anyway uh yeah yeah i saw that rented both of them and uh was both very pleasantly surprised so all right, we're going to go in release order. The first one is The Fighter. This is my younger brother. You got to help oh me God. finish this. Taught him everything he knows. You don't want to see where this fight is headed. Oh. It all over. Who still is training? I have a fight next week. And after I win, I'm going to start making good money so you can live me more days, okay? Good luck, Daddy. Don't hold your breath, Casey. Bye, baby. You pave streets, right? Yeah, I do. And I'm a fighter. I heard you were a stepping stone. Oh, I mean, I had a few tough fights, but the next fight's going to show who I am. Yeah, and he's going to lose that one, too. So move that sugar ass and give hey. him a... Don't disrespect her. Mickey Ward is 31 years old. He's here because he needs the money. Look at the size of that guy. He's got 20 pounds on me, Dickie. You don't fight, nobody gets paid. Quitting, Shelley. I'm done fighting. I don't need it anymore. It's sad that you let them take it away from you. I was embarrassed. I told everybody I was going to win that fight and get back on track. I'm sick of being a disappointment. Look, Mick, nobody's got heart like you. You're a very talented fighter. I want to give you a real shot. Make one last run at this thing before it's too late. What about my brother? He's taught me everything I know. I can't do it without him. With all due respect, he's too much trouble. Dickie, get on the ground right now! <laughs> He's a fighter! Break his hand! Mick, I was doing it for you. You did right? it for me? Remember, what? Yes? Do me a favor. Don't get nothing for me no more, okay? You ready for a title shot? Not a stepping stone anymore. He's using you. You can't be me. You had a hard enough time being you, and that's why you're in here. We're gonna train. They gotta go. Why am I the problem? I'm his blood. I'm his family. You're crazy. I'm the one fighting. Not you, not you, and not you. This is my shot at the title. I won't get another one after this. Mickey has a chance to do something that I never did. And he needs me. Okay. 
Here are a few facts about the movie. As you guys both mentioned, it is directed by David O. Russell, uh, who did Three Kings, which is awesome. And Silver Linings Playbook. I think I've watched that like 30 times in in recent years. Um, Inspired by the HBO documentary from 1995, High on Crack Street, Lost Lives in Lowell, that focused on the Eglin Ward family. Uh, Starring Mark Wahlberg, Christian Bale, Melissa Leo, Amy Adams. It was released December 10th, 2010. A uh, budget of $25 million, box office of $129 million, so it was quite successful. Nominated for seven Oscars, uh, Bale and Melissa Leo, both winning for actor, Best Supporting Actor and Actress. So, quick synopsis for those who have not and don't know what the movie is actually about. Here we go. Uh, Mickey Ward is a struggling boxer, long overshadowed by his old older brother and trainer, Dickie, a local legend battling his own set of demons. Their explosive relationship threatens to take them both down, but the bond of blood may be their only chance of redemption. That's directly off the back of the DVD because, yes, <laughs> I own it. Anyway, okay. Uh, let's start off with some likes. Andrew, tell us something you like about The Fighter. Um, I think this movie really shines like because of the characters and the actors that play it. So, I mean, obviously, we have two Oscar winners in it, but, I mean, that's the best part of this is, is Christian Bale's performance is Dickie Wahlberg, who I don't like, he's not one of my favorite actors. Um, he does a really, really good performance. Just all in all, they really make you feel like that just the pain and the hurt of this family. So the, the acting and the characters specifically are huge standouts for me. All right, Jeff. I have to have to agree with him. Um, I mean, both these films are going to deal with a uh, family theme and, you know, the, the, the whole forgiveness angle, um, what what these people did to become these characters, I think is is amazing. Um, especially when you talk about Christian Bale, we, you know, right. it's really easy. It's really easy to talk about how an actor or an actress can get into incredible shape for a role. And uh, Mark Wahlberg, all hats off to him because he looks phenomenal yeah. in the movie. <laughs> but Christian Bale, for him to become Dickie Eklund and lose all that weight, and it just it's incredible. So I think, I think when you get in shape for a role, I think that can go both ways. Yeah. And for him, for, for what Bill did to transition into, uh, to, <clears throat> for what he did to become Dickie Eklund, I think uh, you got, you got to talk about it, obviously. Yeah. He's done that before. It was the machinist where he went and oh, lost a whole yeah. lot of weight too. Yeah. He's, he's, well, he's great at this. He's a chameleon because it, oh, absolutely when he, when he needs to lose that, he, when he needs to lose an extreme amount of weight, you call, you call Christian Bale. When you need someone to gain an extreme amount of weight, uh, pack on muscle and then, uh, you know, an unusually short amount of time, you call Christian Bale, whether it's, whether it's muscle to become the dark Knight or it's, or it's fat to become uh Dick Cheney. I mean, the guy, right. he, he puts his body through so much for his art. And I, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because uh, I 100 percent agree, you know, and he he really becomes Dickie in this movie. But every time I hear that he's gaining and losing this weight, I almost like roll my eyes and think again, OK, cool, we get it. You're going to gain or lose weight. And then I watch the performance and I'm always like, no, I was wrong. That was amazing. Right. Yeah, he uh, he d- definitely uh, goes the extra mile for these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, there's I mean, you're watching these movies and he's definitely one of those actors where you lose him in the role 
mm-hmm. you're watching it and you forget that it is Christian Bale. You're not thinking, oh, he's doing a really good job. You go, that is really that person. And yeah, yeah he mm-hmm. totally, he totally became a crackhead. And uh, I've seen a few when I'm delivering mail, so I know what they look like. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I'm not kidding. Anyway, uh, I I am a sucker for a good movie uh, with a working class uh, with working class people in it and has a good story. Uh, this definitely checks a lot of boxes for me. Um, the dynamics in this movie between the family members is just ridiculous. Um, at times it's, it's funny at times. It's very engrossing at times. It's very frustrating because there were so many times I wanted to smack the shit out of his mom. I was like, you're oh. a horrible, horrible oh. person and you deserve that damn Oscar. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, yeah. I have to agree with you guys. The acting in this is uh, yeah, just totally awesome. And uh, I mean, acting everywhere. It's not just, there's only, I only have one. Eh, performance but uh i mean even like the sisters they just were vile people <laughs> you're being I, kind i know still, it was you know like they're all happy when he comes home and they have they have all the cake and everything and uh they're just uh, anyway we'll get to that later but uh no i don't i mean i guess it's a it's a sports movie but not really i think this is even though it takes place in in a you know, as a fighter, but this is way more of a family story. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's what we all have issues in our families. We all have issues, but this is like, you know, you know, all the way to 11. <laughs> so God, just everything. Anyway. It's a family drama. It's a family drama yes. masquerading as a fight movie. That's, yes. That's yeah. how, that's how I look at it. That's how I look at both of them, honestly. But yeah. Oh, yeah. More Absolutely. So, more so with this one. Yeah. Cause man, Talk about uh, when you talk about the Ward sisters, I mean, <laughs> they're rough, you know. And and Alice, uh, you know, oh, his man. mother. I I don't want to jump ahead to to one of the things I don't like, but honestly, I Alice did so uh, she did so good a job making me hate her and just being an awful abusive mother <laughs> that I don't even really want her redemption at the end. I don't want her at the fight. I I want her gone. When, you know, when he's still having a relationship with her. I'm like, why? Just yeah, be done. I, I'm kind of curious. I didn't look into it, but I'm kind of curious how the real mother kind of felt. She, you know, I don't even know if she's still alive when this movie was made. So I have no idea um, how the family responded to how she looked on the screen. Cause I can't even imagine anybody went, that's nice. <laughs> well, I, I did check because I'm always fascinated watching uh, true stories or movies based on true stories. I check a lot of the, the veracity here and there. And she was not at his fight um, against, um, the, in London, she oh, was really? there. Yeah, so I, I don't know what that says necessarily about their relationship, but she was not present, um, which a lot of the fact checkers made it a point to to highlight. So I think that that might have been somewhat relevant. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw there there were some differences uh, between the actual story and the movie, and that's okay because yeah. we all know it's it's not it's not an actual you know documentary or a biography. It's a it's a, in the end it's a it's a movie. It's a film. Yeah, so. and uh, so much of the the fact checking is focusing on well, this is actually how this fight went, and this person right. never got knocked down in this round. And I get that, and especially as you know a, a fan of boxing, like I get why that's relevant to some people, but it it makes for a better story sometimes to to tweak right. the way the fight went, and that's fine. I agree. I agree. Okay. Uh, Andrew, another like for you. Um, I really like the, the use of music and this is true for a lot of David O. Russell movies. Absolutely. And this is also, uh, you know, this is going to pop back up when we talk about warrior as well. I think they both use pop music really well. Um, but the repeating use of the heavies, uh, how you like me now, 
Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, that song just gets you hyped. Uh, and every time they bring it up, it's like it, it brings the, the movie back up because you spend so much of this movie just feeling like crap kind of in your yeah. stomach. And every time that drops, it's like a, a great moment. Yeah, he, uh, he uses Led Zeppelin in here too. I know he mm-hmm. used it in uh, uh, Silver Lightning's playbook. I need to go see if he uses it in uh, Three Kings and uh, his other movies because that would be pretty impressive for uh, Zeppelin to let the same director use his mu- <laughs> their music over and over again. So that says something about him because they don't yeah. usually let their music out very often. So, Jeff, something else you like? It, it ties to what Andrew was saying about the music. Um, Mickey's winning montage that cues up with back in the saddle from Aerosmith. All right. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, I mean, <laughs> cause if, 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 if how you like me now, you know, if it raises the tempo and kind of gets you feeling positive, that one kind of gets you hungry. Like you're like, okay, now we're going to, now he's going to go for the championship. I love, you know, you, you can't do a, a fight movie. You can't do like a combat movie without like a, a good training slash winning montage in the ring. And I think this is one of the better ones you've you you've seen since since the Rocky, the early Rocky films. Yeah, I love I love it. I absolutely love it. All right. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, agree. I actually might disagree with you a little bit here. And it's, it's one of my complaints about the movie is the boxing. And I feel like the the montage, the, the use of the song is great. And, and David Russell really knows how to make something look good. But the fights never felt like boxing. They felt like almost cartoonish. And it, it actually took me out of the moment a little bit. All right. Um, like when, when can, they're doing the, just the blow for blow, the slow-mo, you know, punch and then the punch back and I get why it fits, but it just, it didn't feel right to me. I can't really put my finger on it. I can't, I can't disagree with you, but I'll save it for, for the conversation later. Cause I know we're going to get into fair, some other fair, right. <laughs> fair That's enough. cool. That's cool. What are you going to do? Turn your back on Dickie next, huh? All we ever wanted for you was to be world champion. Mickey's a grown man. He can think for himself. Shut your mouth. Skank. Skank. Don't call me skank. I'll rip that nasty hair right out of your fucking head. I'm his mother. And his manager. You're not my manager anymore. And I'm not waiting for Dickie, okay? I'm not getting any younger. Uh, Let's move on to uh, a few dislikes. Andrew. Um, I mean, I already started, so I'll keep the train rolling. I don't, I don't think that the actual fight scenes at any point in this movie really got me invested. Um, you know, I feel like it's especially tricky filming a, a fight like a like a boxing match um you know i think certain certain sports are easier to catch like baseball or football it's a little easier to right. film in a way that gets you into it fighting is difficult and uh for everything else this movie does amazing i don't think any of the boxing matches really got me going all right i will say um at times i i, I know the slow motion ones where they're trading punches yeah that kind of felt a little uh weird but i think and i know i'm, I'm gonna t- catch heat for this i don't care <laughs> Uh, the later Rocky movies, I believe these boxing matches way more than any of those because at, those got a little bit ridiculous. You know, uh, like, I'll agree with you there, but that doesn't necessarily speak highly of this. I, I didn't, I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Did. <laughs> I, and to me, I think it's okay that the boxing scenes aren't that great. I will say the end, the final match did get me going, uh, but I think that's more of uh, an emotional ride for the character than the mm-hmm. actual boxing itself. So. Mm-hmm. All right, Jeff, dislikes. Well, to address that comment, uh, real quick, <laughs> I'll just say I will stay in my corner because I assume if you're slamming any of the Rocky movies, you're probably looking at Rocky Five, so I'm okay with it. I'm kind of <laughs> going from three, four. Oh. Okay, just, just we're, yeah. 
this is we're gonna throw the rule book out real quick then. <laughs> so we, do we need to strap up you guys hands no. going to the ring yeah yeah i'm just oh, saying man, you okay. know when uh rocky's like has his left arm extended like pushing at him and he's like it's like that's just not even <laughs> whatever oh, it doesn't matter they're no, still right. fun to watch i'm just saying well uh, okay so something <laughs> uh, if i've got a if i've got a dislike um for this i would i would agree with andrew about the the choreography of the fighting in this right. movie um I definitely feel like they could have spent a little more time on it. They could have done a little mm-hmm. bit better with it. Uh, maybe even given us a little bit more. I feel like the, I feel like the fight scenes in this movie, which is called the fighter are a little, we got kind of shortchanged and I understand mm-hmm. because it's, again, this is a movie about um, family and forgiveness yeah. and, you know, all, all of that stuff. Uh, but still, I mean, I, I, I really would have liked to have seen a little bit more of him in the ring and, yeah. uh, you know, and and I get it. You know, you you can't have everything in a in a movie, and you know, maybe you'd, you'd be thankful for what you got. But uh, for what what little we get, we did get. I, I wish it was a little more on the real side, especially when we're talking about a real fighter like Mickey Ward. So, right, all right. So, uh, my only, I mean, I kind of, I agree, do agree with you guys on the on the choreography, but my my honest complaint, and it's let me qualify this by saying I actually do like Mike uh, Mark Wahlberg. I do enjoy him in most of his movies. But if you compare him to the rest of the cast, he only has a couple scenes where I think he did a good job. The rest of the time, he's just kind of being the same kind of character he plays a lot in other movies. Um, and that's okay for the most part because the rest of the the cast is so good. But that's my biggest complaint. He, you know, it's I'm watching this going, I've seen this Mark Wahlberg before. I've seen this yeah. version of him in other movies and to me, you know, you're watching Christian Bale, he transforms himself into this character, into this, you know, real life character. And you watch Wahlberg, you're like going, he's fine. You know what I mean? So it's, it, <laughs> and I don't, like I said, I do like him. I mean, I love Boogie Nights and he's a big part of why that movie is as good as it is. I just kind of felt like maybe almost the pressure of playing an actual person might've been a little bit too much for him and not, and he didn't want to go off the rails or something. I don't know. He just... He seemed to be very, most of the movie seemed to be very in the middle. You know, there's like, so there's only a couple of scenes where you really saw him reach for something. So that's my only real complaint overall is his performance in by comparison to the other people in here. Like I said, Melissa Leo was so good. You hated her. You're just like, I hate this woman. I hate her. So, all right. You know, the, the thing about Wahlberg though, Dayton, I mean, him and Mickey, they basically grew up in the same kind of neighborhood. You know, right. these are, these are Boston kids. So I think with I because I, I agree with you. Wahlberg mm-hmm. is kind of playing Wahlberg in this. Yeah. But I also feel like he's when when you got a character, uh, when he's in his element, like it's a a character like this or his uh his detective in in uh you know um oh departed oh, departed, yeah. Depart- yeah. Yeah. When I when I think about a role like this or when I think about him in the departed, he's playing that Boston guy. Maybe he's a little, you know, he's a little more relaxed and maybe he doesn't feel like he needs to to delve into the character as much uh, as opposed to something like like Boogie Nights. That that is not a kid from Boston, you know, <laughs> no. and, uh, and that's one of the things that makes that character so great, you know, is his performance. But I think when he's in his backyard, he's, you know, maybe he's not doing as much work because he figures ah, I'm, I'm me. It's good enough because uh, yep. you're right. Uh, when you watch film or you listen to film or tape. Uh, of the real uh, Dickie Eklund, Bale didn't just, 
you know, do a physical transformation. He did it with his voice too. Like yeah. Yeah. you almost, if you're not watching something, you, you almost can't tell those guys apart. And, and to your credit, Melissa Leo, I mean, you're talking about a, a beautiful woman who is, you know, aged horribly, you know, dressed horribly and just has a lot of venom in her, in her performance. <laughs> yes. um, she, and she, she's very, you know, she, she earned, she earned that, that, that Oscar as far as I was concerned. Yeah, she absolutely did. Absolutely. I guess this isn't necessarily a complaint, but you know, I was talking about my love for David Russell, uh, David O. Russell. And uh, before this, he had done uh, three Kings and he had done I heart Huckabees. Mm-hmm. I think both of those had a lot more humor and a lot more of a quirky style that was really specific to him. Right. Okay. Yeah. That this kind of stepped away from that. And there are, there are funny moments. There's little bits here and there, but I do think that that was one of my disappointments. The first time I saw it was I, I was looking forward to a David O. Russell film. And this feels like he was trying to make somebody else's film. If that makes sense. No, I can see so that. I, I think it could have benefited a little more from his personal touch, but I think maybe he was trying to, he was trying to get that Oscar. He was trying to play for, for the, the dramatic crowd. Yeah, so. I see that. Yeah. He, um, I mean, even if you look at Silver Lining's playbook, there's definitely a lot of humor in that, but yeah. there's also a lot of it. So I think he, uh, yeah. yeah, he hit a home run with that one for sure. Um, yeah. And no, I get it. I'm, I got to admit, I'm not a fan of I Heart Huggabees. I love Three Kings. I love Silver Lining's playbook, but um, I'm also not a big fan of him as a person from some of the yeah, things he, I was reading. He seems pretty rough. Yeah, he seems like he seems like a dick is what he seems yeah. like. But <laughs> anyway. Well, just to, just one more quick one, uh, you know, because I talked about how we we kind of get shortchanged on the fight scenes. Yep. I also think we get shortchanged on another great performance here. I, I wish I could have seen more of the character. Uh, I'm talking about that that MTV gal, Shalene, <laughs> played by the wonderful Amy Adams. Oh, agreed. Uh, I kind of I kind of yeah. feel like they go on a on a date that is a bad first date, <laughs> and then the next scene they're madly in love and together and. Mm-hmm. It would have been nice to see a little bit more of that relationship build, you know, because like we go from, like I said, we go from her questioning why, you know, he's do- he's docking her, uh, dogging her to she's spending time with his daughter and, you know, uh, she's by his side and she's speaking for him. I, I don't know. I, I wish you would have seen a little bit more of that develop, I think. Yeah. Especially I, when you have a talent like Amy Adams, like, yes, you yes. Know, give her something, let her run with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, Absolutely. Absolutely agree. Um, which actually uh so leads to uh favorite scene. I'm gonna go first because we we're just talking about her. Uh the confrontation on Charlene's porch between Charlene, Mickey, and Mickey's family. Who's gonna look after you, sweetheart? I mean, come on. I know you don't understand it, but I had nine kids and I love every one of you the same. You got a funny way of showing it, letting him get beat up, letting him get his hand broken. You're fucking boss. You're crazy. Fucking boss. Mickey is my boy. What did I just say to you? What did I say? I love that scene. It's an important scene because you see him standing up to his horrible mom and sisters. And then Charlene goes WWE on one of Mickey's sisters, and it's freaking fantastic. <laughs> just, I'm, I'm just yes. like, oh my god. So yes, uh, there's a lot of very good scenes, but that one, I actually, I went back and watched it a second time on this last viewing just because I wanted to see her beat the snot out of that one sister. I don't even know which one it was. I don't care. I just love the there, fact that she there's had. seven of them. You can't keep track. I know. <laughs> there's just the one that has a really big hair. That's the one when I kept oh, yeah. seeing over and over again. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> like you know, I, I, oh, whatever. It's 93. Why, why is your hair still so high? Come on. You know, 80s, <laughs> we're out of the 80s. Knock it off. All right, Andrew, favorite scene. 
Um, I'm gonna go with the opening. You know, I talked about the the effective use of uh, of how you like me now, but you know, as uh, Mickey and Dickie are walking down, and you just kind of see them acting in their element, and Dickie's obviously hamming it up for the HBO cameras. Um, I think it really, with with very little actively going on, shows who they are, and and kind of you're, you're already starting to get a little annoyed with Dickie, but you can also see why people gravitate towards him. Um, I think it's just a, such a great way to introduce the characters with with very little it was super well done all right very cool jeff i gotta go with uh probably my favorite scene would be the one where alice picks dickie up at the crack house <laughs> yes um, <laughs> you're talking two powerhouse performances and it's probably the the one and only moment you're gonna get where you do feel something you know uh compassion you know you feel bad for you feel bad for alice in that scene yeah because she's finally, you know, she can't hide, you know, the fact that her son is a crackhead. He's not the great thing that she thinks he is. And it's just sad to see a mother just cr- crying and and knowing that she's helpless at it. Yeah. And and again, you know, uh, Andrew was just talking about how how Dickie likes to ham it up and, and win you over. You know, he doesn't even apologize. He just starts singing that song. I started a job. I started the whole world crying. Oh, if only I'd seen that the joke was on me. I started to cry, which started the whole world laughing. Oh, if only I'd seen that the joke was on me I looked at the skies running my hands over my eyes and I fell out of bed and, and he wins her over and you gotta yeah. th- you know that's that's just that's a mother's love unconditional love really and you know that's again that's another theme of this movie is even though you're with someone that's terrible, these people are terrible to each other. It's still your family and you're going to love them regardless. And I think that scene says a lot about who Alice is and, uh, and what she accepts, you know, in her world. Yeah. She's still an enabler at the worst kind of level. Oh, she's so. the worst. <laughs> terrible, terrible enabler. The worst. Yeah. It's like burying that head in the sand. That's, yep. that's good. That's good, mom. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on. I know you can't focus, Sammy. Really? What makes you say that? I ain't got no use for you, all right? But my brother loves you. And you can't just run away because of me. He don't deserve that, all right? So I will quit if you want me to quit. You're full of shit. I swear to God. I will quit if it means you come back, all right? But I want you to think about something. Mickey has a chance to do something that I never did. That in my time, I never had. Oh, yeah, my big chance was with Sugar Ray Leonard. I'm so great, I'm the pride of fucking all. Oh, yeah, I fought Sugar Ray Leonard. I've heard it. I came here to make things right. Okay, let's make things right. Yeah. Number one, you didn't knock down Sugar Ray Leonard. He tripped. Uh, Andrew, favorite character? Um, it's it's hard to say. I think I'm probably going to go with Dickie um, as far as, like, he's the most engaging. He's the most interesting part of the movie. You know, I know Mark, Mark Wahlberg... Uh, and Mickey, he's our, our main character, but 
Dickie's growth is what actually like drives the plot forward. And, um, you know, I didn't mention this in her favorite scene, but like one of the most moving moments to me is after uh, Mickey tells him that he's not going to work with him anymore in the locker room and he's losing it. And his son is in there who he's, you know, he's talked about being, being there for him and stuff. So, you know, how hard this has been hitting him and his son walks up and just starts hitting the locker as well. Right. Like my heart just breaks. Cause it's like, he knows he's got to get it together, but he's, he's still this broken man. It's just, it, that's the most engaging part of the movie. Now I'm going to follow that up with saying the scene afterwards when he leaves with the cake, Yeah, he says, I gotta go do something. And you're thinking, Oh no, he's not going to do that. He's not going to go, but he drops the cake off at his crackhead buddies and then goes, has that confrontation with uh, Charlene. And I'm like, okay, that was cool. Cause I, I I remember the first time watching him, that's not how I thought that was going to go. So yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. His, he has, uh, there's definitely, he definitely has that redemption story. So yeah, I got you. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Dickie's cakewalk. Yeah. Dickie's cakewalk <laughs> is, is almost. It sounds almost like a children's book. <laughs> yeah, right. A cakewalk. Well, just, just, you know, cause I, I was with you there, Dayton. Like, I'm like, oh, come on. O'Keefe's like, you know, everyone's trying to say, come on, don't do this. Right. You know, George, don't do, don't do it. Cause they know where he's going. And yep. then you see him show up and you're like, come on, man. But it's such a great moment for his character because yeah. to Andrew's point, he's got to do better for his son. And, you know, and, and I think brother, that's the yeah. moment. Where, yeah. And, and his, his whole family. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, I think, I think that's his moment where he realizes, you know what? It's not about me anymore. It's about Mickey. And now I have to do what I can do to make it work for Mickey. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's love the cakewalk scene. <laughs> All, right. All right. Favorite character, Jeff. Can I have an honorable mention? <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> All right, Scott Hoffman. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> this one this is it's relevant though um, right. because we've we've mentioned several scenes with this character. I gotta throw a shout out to Charlene's front porch because, <laughs> because some of the best scenes of this movie happen on the front porch. Dickie's yeah. cakewalk, right? Uh, you know, yeah. uh, Mickey, you know, saying he's sorry. The the rumble with on Charlie's porch. You you get more action on that porch than you do in the ring in this movie. So <laughs> you, just, you're wanna, you're wanna, not wrong. You're not wrong. I want to call out that slab of concrete because it did great in this film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I'm gonna have a favorite character, I'm gonna go. You know, there's so many powerhouse performances in this. I decided to go with someone I, I thought was kind of like the glue of the movie. Who definitely, anytime we needed a little bit of a uh, comedy, uh, anything to kind of let you know, give us a little bit of you know. Um, it's been heavy. Yep. Let's let's get you know George Ward. Uh, I I I loved you know everything that he's that he does that he's in. Uh, talking about Jack McGee, you know Donner used him extensively. Um, but he's great in this. Yeah, you know, he takes a lot of abuse from Alice and oh man, you know, <laughs> yes, he has some fun. Yeah. <laughs> Shields Mickey. Yeah, he's so important. Yeah, yeah he's my favorite character in this. Yeah, movie. I didn't even when she unloads like half the kitchen at him. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, you know, when she, he's ducking the glasses, he's doing, he's, he's ducking and bobbing. He's, he's looking like he, 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 he could have been good in the ring, but right. when she throws that frying pan and it hit, it connects Ooh. and you see his face. I, I, I gotta wonder how fake was that frying pan? His <laughs> face is just wincing in pain. Well, when he shows up outside of Charlene's porch and he sees everybody, he gets right back in his truck and leaves <laughs> again. The, the comedy, like he, you know, he, he, he knew better. Yep. Yeah, yes, he did. Here. Yeah, because I would have been right behind him. Like, I'm getting the hell out of here. This is crazy. Can't stay married to Alice all those years without learning when to get the hell out. Right? Yeah. Wow. All right. So uh, my favorite character um, is Charlene. 
uh, Amy Adams uh, is the most beautiful and talented redhead in Hollywood right now. So sorry, everybody else. Uh, her performance, and as, actually, as Jeff mentioned, we did not get enough of her uh, mm-hmm. by far. Uh, but this is also quite a different character for her. Um, mm-hmm. We've seen her play, you know, smart, and you know the you know we've seen her as Lois in the Superman movies. We've seen her, you know, as a scientist. We've seen her, you know, a lot of different things. We see, even you know as a uh, very cartoonish Disney princess in Enchanted. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is very different for her, and I really liked her performance. Uh, her accent, uh, her performance is fantastic, and her character is, is exactly what. Uh, Mickey needs to move on and realize that he deserves better from his family. So uh, Charlene is actually my favorite character. Good call. Moving on. Growing up, we all want to know the toughest kid in the neighborhood was, right? I want to know the toughest man on the planet is. That's what we're going to find out. about the movie uh directed by gavin o'connor uh who did miracle which is another fantastic sports mm-hmm. movie uh the way back and the accountant starring uh joel edgerton jennifer morrison tom hardy uh, nick nolde uh, he got a best supporting a- oscar nomination uh frank grillo not trying to kill captain america <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh released september 9th 2011 budget of 25 million a box office office of 23 million so that's kind mm, of a disappointment that hurts yeah, it's like I said, you have Paramount behind the other one and you have Lionsgate behind this one. And 
Yeah. I'm not even sure why I ended up renting it. I think it was just because it looked interesting and I'm so glad I did. Uh, synopsis of the movie. Two brothers face the fight of a lifetime and the wreckage of their broken family within the brutal high stakes world of mixed martial arts. A former Marine haunted by a tragic past, uh, Tommy returns to his hometown of Pittsburgh and enlists his father, uh, a recovering alcoholic as his former coach um, to train him for an MMA tournament, awarding the biggest purse of, of the history of the sport. Excuse me. As Tommy blazes a violent path towards a title prize, his brother, Brendan, a former MMA fighter, unable to make ends meet as a public school teacher, returns to the amateur ring to provide for his family. Even though years have passed, recriminations and past betrayals keep Brendan bitterly estranged from both Tommy and his father. But when Brendan's unlikely rise as an underdog sets him on a collision course with Tommy, the two brothers must finally confront the forces that tore them apart, all the while waging the most intense winner-takes-all battle of their lives. By the way, I got that off IMDb, and that's a fantastic description of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly. Give me some ice. And call that Puerto Rican kid, the one that fights out of the bottoms. If he's here in 20 minutes, he gets 200 bucks. You want to fight him? Do me a favor, guy. Go back to your bag. We don't need anybody else getting hurt. Take a walk. Yo, Rock. What'd you do? Did you leave Mick and Polly at home today? <laughs> All I'm saying is that if you need somebody to help you, I'm happy to keep your boy warm for you. Hey, this guy signed a waiver? All good. Let's go. Right, let's go. Oh, hey, watch that teeth. You owe me 200 bucks. This could go a lot longer than the last one. Likes, <laughs> Andrew, what you got for me? Um, there are so many, but I, you know, I, I, yes. I said this for the fighters, so I want to say it again here. Uh, I think the use of music in this movie is is really cool because um, you know it starts off with the national uh, start a war, mm-hmm. which not only just sets a really good tone for the the somber nature of this movie, but also lyrically, really kind of sets where these two brothers are starting things out and then it closes again with the national uh, about today and to to play something so like somber and kind of melancholy at the end of a sports movie during like a big final bout uh, was just a really interesting choice and it, it really stands out to me as one of my favorite choices of the movie all right. Very cool. I got to admit, um, I noticed the music way more in the fighter than I did in this one. And I think it's partially because I was more engrossed in the story of this one, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I see it, though. I see it. Jeff likes. I think what this movie does that the fighter wasn't able to do is give you a much more realistic portrayal of what's happening inside the ring or yeah. or in this no. movie inside the cage. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I mean, I was really into UFC um at the time this movie came out it's probably one of the i think it's i think it's one of the reasons why i was like because you know back then this is 2011 i didn't really know hardy uh mm-hmm. tom hardy's right. one of my favorite actors now but before this he had done i think bronson which uh which is awesome if you haven't seen that but he wasn't tom hardy you know right. joel edgerton wasn't joel edgerton so like the main draw here was nick dolte you know yeah. honestly um for me the, the main draw was ufc was it gotcha. was uh mixed martial arts and I think they do a really impressive job of uh, of how they portray it, and you're going to get that because you've got several several guys from Strike Force. You got Kurt Angle in this movie playing the big heavy uh, bad guy, 
So you've got seasoned, conditioned um, athletes right. in the ring playing these people. So you're going to get a lot more realism, I think. And that's one of the one of the things I love about the movie. Yeah. A uh, quick side note, Tom Hardy was just in town uh, shooting a movie. And when I say he was in town, he was literally in Middletown where I work. And I saw oh, the wow. bar where they were shooting some scenes because I kept seeing all the people around, you know, the roads were locked off and I'm, I was just kind of hoping to see him. Hey, can I get an autograph? But no, un- unfortunately. Anyway, uh, uh, once again, you have a good story about the working class, uh, but it's the layers of this family and the story that really intrigued me a lot. Um, what really made it interesting was that uh, each member um, of the family has their very different motivation. Like the two brothers mm-hmm. have completely different motivations for why they get into this tournament. Um, the dad has his own motivation and um, you know, uh, the Brendan's wife has her motivation for things. Um, and I got to say everything from uh, you know, the, the support he, that Brendan gets from his students, you know, wanting to watch the tournament uh, and they do that whole viewing party and everything. I think that's great. Um, you know, the, they have the shirts and everything else. Uh, but what really kind of um, threw me, which really kind of grasped, you know, got me later was you have this family working through all their issues and you're kind of rooting for Brendan because you're thinking his reason is way more true. And then when Tommy's story unravels and you realize why he's doing it, you're like, well, holy shit, who do I root for? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I think that's frank, you know, just totally fantastic. I I love, I I love the story in this one. This one has a much yeah. more engrossing story. So, uh, you know, the story is one of the things I'd love to call out about this one. So, yeah, and I like that it doesn't necessarily like hold your hand and walk you through it. Like it doesn't right. lay out everything. A lot of it's you know slowly built on, and you just kind of see it through these performances because there's a lot of great performances. So. The story isn't like just the simple thing laid out in front of you. It's really complex. Yeah. And it, mm-hmm. like that to me is what a good sports movie, especially a good fighting movie needs because at the end, not only do you not know who's going to win, but you don't know who you want to win. Yes. And that's a really hard thing to do in a sports movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, as like you look at, uh, the, like we mentioned the movie Miracle, which mm-hmm. is a great movie, but that one is, um, we all know what it's about, you know, because I remember mm-hmm. watching that frigging game. Yeah. So to me, that's a... Um, that's not as personal of a story as this one is this one. Um, he really does a good job at making you see what's going on from every different person. You know what I mean? So you really kind of, you're right. At first I'm totally rooting for Brendan. And then mm-hmm. you find out what's going on with Tom. You're like, yeah, maybe, you know, cause then you, like you said, you're not sure who's going to win. You're really not sure which way they're going to go. And I think that's great. I just think that's just, that's good storytelling. You know what I mean? So, yeah, oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, when it comes down to it, it doesn't matter who you want to win. You're still going to be heartbroken at the end of this movie. Oh yeah. It's, it, it's still going to break your heart. Uh, you know, every time it breaks my heart, every time I watch it, because, because of the end, but it's, it's mm-hmm. one of those things where someone's got to win, you know, you yeah. have to have a, a, a victor here and you don't, you just don't know who you want it to be. You know. Well, I because okay, so I can honestly tell you at the end of this movie, I'm a mess because I'm so yes. wrapped up what's going on, on the screen. I'm just emotional as hell. But I I rationalized it the saying Brendan needed to win because number one, it's he's taking care of his family in his house. And number two, you know he's gonna give some of that money to uh you know, to the woman of of Tommy's friend that he lost yeah. in the in the war. My thing is I'm not so sure Tommy would do the same thing. 
Oh, you know, for sure. I, yeah. I'm not no. so sure Tommy would give him money to pay off his house. So yeah. I maybe they make maybe he makes that turn. Maybe he has that real you know realization. Um, but I know Brendan's gonna help that lady out. So that's why I, I you know, ultimately I'm happy Brendan wins. So there's a number of reasons that I think that that's that win is so powerful. And I mean, obviously their relationship is I think Rocky would be putting it nicely. It's, it's non-existent <laughs> You're basically. Right. Um, but you know, in that moment, you know, they've made such a big deal out of um, Tommy being undefeated. You know, they, they keep comparing him to Theagenes, the, the undefeated penetration, right. you know, star, which I read up a little, I, I had to listen to a podcast specifically on him like a month ago. So I was like, <laughs> Oh, Hey, I remember that. But um, it, it was so important for him to lose and, and for Brandon to, or Brandon to get that, over him because it's clear that as children, he'd always lived in his shadow. Yeah. So it was important for him to have that moment over him and, and for Tommy specifically to tap, you know, he didn't get knocked out. He specifically tapped. And I think that's such a huge moment <sighs> for both of them, man. When he dislocates his shoulder and he's oh. still trying I'm like, I'm just like going, cause you can see the look on Brendan's face. He's like, just, it's okay. You can stop. You can stop. Yeah. And I'm just he, like, he's he not so badly. Doesn't want to, it's hard. Oh, God. It's so, like I said, it's that whole, final fight is so emotional it's just uh, <laughs> thinking about it right now if i start crying i apologize anyway uh <laughs> uh andrew something else you like uh this is sort of kind of goes hand in hand with what uh with uh what jeff was saying you know i i wasn't a huge ufc fan i'm still not like i respect yeah, it it's cool but it's just not like my thing but this gets me going like in a way that the best sports movies do like, yep. like remember the Titans, you know, that gets me going. There, there are fights in this movie that I'm standing up. Like I'm, you know, <laughs> dropping my shoulder. Like I'm going to do something. I, I can still remember specifically Frank Grillo, who's amazing in this. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, tell him when he's fighting Koba in the third round, he's like, you lost the first two rounds. If you don't knock him out, you lose. If you don't right. knock him out, you don't have a home. And like, mm -hmm. I'm so fired up, like from a sports standpoint, I like that fight maybe even more than the one between Tommy and Brendan. It's so good. Yeah. Um, and like I was saying before, like, I think it's really difficult to do so many fight movies. Don't whether it's wrestling or, or MMA or, or boxing, so many don't really capture that. And this nailed it. Yep. 100%. 100%. Jeff, something else you like? Well, I think we have to address the, uh, the DNA of Rocky that is in this movie. Yep. <laughs> uh, it, it's in the fighter as well, but, uh, this one I feel gets captures a little bit more of that Rocky essence. You've got, you got Jennifer Morrison playing Tess, you know, Brendan's mm -hmm. wife. Um, she has her Adrian moment, you know, yeah. when she finds out he's fighting, uh, she doesn't want him to go, you know, fight in Sparta. And then she, you know, she's going to show up and she's going to be ringside. Uh, very Adrian Balboa of her. Yeah. But I, I'm in, I'm in for it. I love it. Uh, same thing with uh, Kurt Angle's portrayal of Koba. We've got this unbeaten, terrifying monster from the Soviet <laughs> Union who's making his way to the U.S. for the first time for the war on the shore, who is absolutely Ivan Drago. You know, he can't <laughs> be beaten. And that's what I think that's what makes that scene that that uh, that Andrew's talking about so much better with Frank Grillo. I love that whole that that way he's holding his uh, Grillo's holding um, uh, Edgerton's face. And he's like, why are we here? You know, right. I, I'll I'll throw the towel. I'll we'll go home. You know, I'll get tests. We'll, we'll all go home. Because if you don't knock him out, you don't have a home. You know, it's just Grillo is amazing in this. You know, yeah. I know he, I know he channeled uh, a lot of his performances based off of a real uh, corner man, MMA corner man uh, that he knew. 
and uh, I love him in this movie. Yeah. I love him for it. Yeah. You know, so. Well, I, I love the idea that he uses uh, music to in, mm-hmm. in the whole training thing to keep their keep their tempo and stuff. I think that's that's very cool. Yeah. Very well, very cool. But, but the just the rocky the rocky moments that this movie quietly put in there for right. for fans of fight movies. Um, cause I don't, I don't, every time I watch this movie, I don't feel like, oh, I, yeah, it didn't, it doesn't feel corny. It doesn't feel, doesn't feel wedged in there. It just feels like a, a nice, uh, a nice homage, you know? Oh, well, agreed. And it, it's specifically, and this is something that I think a lot of really good sports movies do, but, um, there, there's something very uniquely American about a hero that just constantly gets hit and constantly gets hit and doesn't right. stop. Um, I think that's, that's why heroes like, uh, Indiana Jones or, or John McClane, last because they get their ass kicked a lot <laughs> right they just keep going and that's uh you know what uh, joel edgerton's brendan does in this like he gets beat down but he never stops until he gets his moment and that happens fight after fight and it's it's beautiful it's and that like you said that's a, that's a very rocky thing to do yeah mm-hmm. i like how i mean the brothers are basically on the opposite sides of of how it, their fights turn out mm-hmm. i mean there's that one uh, where Tommy just knocks a guy out one punch. I mean, the, the fight that. lasts like, you know, five Ooh, seconds. Yeah. And I'm just yeah. like, holy shit, you know, <laughs> because mm-hmm. you're like, and then here, Brandon, you know, having to fight, you know, scrap for every possible uh, win for him. And so it's, it's interesting to see, because you can, you know, I mean, we all know that the brothers are going to end up in the, in the match at the end. I mean, it's yeah. kind of, we're smart enough to know that. And you're watching Tommy just destroy these guys and Brendan just barely win. You're thinking, "Oh my God, this has got this is not going to end well." So, yeah, I yeah love this movie. Just sorry. <laughs> I'm getting all the vapors anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, any other likes we want to call out before we move on? Yeah, I, I briefly want to talk about. I think you mentioned it, Dayton, but I want to kind of drive it home. I love how they got. Um, the students and the principal and everybody yes. involved in watching Brendan compete um, because, you know, it, there's not a lot of like built in frustration in this where you're just like, this sucks. Like, except for when Brendan loses his job, like yeah. you just want to slap that superintendent. Like, right. Oh, fine. Yeah. Like I, you have a talk to, you, but you can't suspend the guy. Like you're just so frustrated with the situation. And so to, to see them come and support him and, knowing what that would mean to him, like knowing they were out there supporting him. is just such a cool moment. It's, it's just, it's very heartwarming and I love it. Yep. Agreed. All right, gentlemen, you've been given your instructions. I expect a clean fight. Obey my commands all the time. Defend yourselves all the time. Touch clothes, go back. Let's do this. Come on, come on. Get this guy out. It's like, we know. It's like we know. We are about to get the big answer to the big question. Is Tommy Reardon for real? They are both game fighters, and here we go. Let's go! Here we go. We gotta see if Mavosi's really looking for a takedown. Definitely looking for a takedown here. Moving on to dislikes, Andrew, what do you have? Uh, I don't have a lot of glaring ones with this movie. Um, I do think that because they're trying to tell all these different stories, um, 
there a little bit of their relationship gets lost. And I, I think you can argue that that's good because you're kind of letting people put their own background into it, or maybe add some of the detail in, in the background. But I just, I wanted to know more about these brothers, what they were like as kids, what their relationship was like before um, Tommy left. I think that would add a little more weight to it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, not a huge complaint, but I think I would have liked to see more of it. All right. All right. Jeff. I got nothing for you. Uh, this is, <laughs> it's one of my all time favorite movies. Uh, definitely 2011. I, I said it then this was the best movie. I, I felt this was the best movie in 2011. Um, maybe, maybe you throw something like drive or Moneyball in the conversation. But for me, the, the warrior was the, was the greatest. Um, and I, I love it for everything it is. And uh, I got no, I got no dislikes for it. All right. Yeah. And mine's really nitpicky thing. I just, I would have liked to have had Jen- more Jennifer Morrison. I don't think mm-hmm. we got enough of her. Um, she's a fantastic actress. And um, we obviously saw how their relationship was, you know, strained when he would go back to fight and stuff like that. But um, I would have liked to have seen her at work, putting up with the stuff she had to put up with, um, realizing that uh her job sucks just as much as him having to go out and fight in the parking lot (laughs) and stuff like that. Um, So I would have liked to have seen more of her. And I do agree with you, Andrew, a little bit that it would be nice to see a little bit more of the brothers when they were younger, but sometimes flashbacks are a little bit um, hard to do very well. Yeah. Uh, But uh, either way, but no, I agree, Jeff, you're not wrong. This is, if it's not one of the best, it's probably the best movie from 2011. And the ones you mentioned, I would still give this the edge over those overdrive and uh Moneyball. I love Moneyball too, but mm-hmm. this one I'm for as much as I love Moneyball, I'm not a mess when Moneyball is over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an emotional wreck when this one's over. So I'm not gonna I, I'm not gonna I think lie. it's very hey. telling that the two complaints that we had is we want more. Like yes. yeah, that yeah, says that's, a lot that's, about this movie. That's great. Yeah. And and Dayton, I I would never fault you for for being a, a mess after this. I can tell you, uh, you know, the first time I saw it, I you know, I remember crying in the movie theater. Uh, the second, third, fourth, fifth, tenth time I saw it, I remember <laughs> right. crying. I've I've gotten better, like watching it again recently for for this episode. Uh, I now have reached that level of it still kills me. It still breaks me up. Yep. But I now have evolved to the single tear. <laughs> Going down my cheek, just just like Nick Nolte at the at the end when he sees how he how the fight ends and he sees, you know, um, sees uh, the two boy, his two boys. So, yeah. you know, what, what's interesting to me is that the most emotional moment, the crescendo for me, is actually when Nick Nolte realizes both his sons are going to be in the final fight, not necessarily the fight itself. Yeah, because he is clearly accepted and and processed the fact that he is such a failure as a father, and so to see these two both reach this level in spite of him almost. And, and mm-hmm. so like that combination of pride and shame that's swirling around in there. And I think Nick Nolte does such an amazing job oh, yeah. of, of portraying that, like that just talking about it now kind of makes my chest get a little bit tight. I'm like, Oh God. <laughs> well, uh, when he's outside of Brendan's house, you know, um, yeah. oh. it's like, you really feel sorry for him. I mean, he's making the effort he's gotten clean. Um, and then uh, when they're at, you know, uh, in, at Sparta or whatever. And he falls off the wagon, you know, yeah, and then Tommy scene. takes care of him. I'm like, Oh my God, those are some, I mean, like I said, this movie is so emotional in so many different levels mm-hmm. and all the characters are interesting. You know what I mean? You're mm-hmm. not, Oh, another scene with Nolte, whatever. You're not like, okay, what's going to happen now? What's going on yeah. here? Um, 
And yeah, no, totally. And then, and it's so funny. We talk about how good the performances were and the fact that Nolte was the only one that got nominated is just a crime. It's just a crime. Mm-hmm. So whatever. I, th- I think movies like this get a bad rep because UFC gets a bad rep. Um, one of the things I really yeah. liked about this is it didn't like, force gritty realism down your throat like a right. lot of, especially like the late 2000s early 2010s like gritty realism was like such a big thing and this didn't try to force that on you at any point it felt just very much like normal life and so when these performances and you're you're watching ufc fights which i feel like has a reputation of being a lower class sport is why some of these performances didn't get nominated when they absolutely deserved to yeah All right. i agree that this is time time I was a 16-year-old kid. What the hell did I know? I don't know what you know. Why don't you go ask your girlfriend about She's it? She's my wife, Tommy. Well, so that's it. I, I, I stay with Tess. I never get to see you guys again. Not a, not a single phone call, nothing. God, man, I don't understand this. What, you, so you, you won't forgive me, but you, you forgave Pop. He's just some old vet that I train with. He means nothing to me. What I hear, he means nothing to you either. You got balls talking about forgiveness. That has nothing to do with forgiveness. I got children, man. I got a family to protect. Everything I do is for them. I forgave Pop. Just like I forgave you and Mom. I'm not surprised you made the tournament, Brennan. You got some stones, man. I fell in love. What the hell was I supposed to you do? You were supposed to stick to the plan. You were supposed to come with us. Mom needed you. I needed you. You're my big brother. You bailed on me. All right. Uh, moving on to favorite scenes. Andrew, what you got? Oof. Um... <laughs> I have three. So to, yeah, I mean, there, there I are have, a lot. In case you meant, in case you guys mentioned one, I have. I've got backups. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I I think most of my favorite scenes uh, involve um, Nolte dealing with them, and you, you touched on when he visited uh, Brennan's home, um, and Brennan just seems like such a clean cut, well put together guy, and so when his father comes in, you really see that anger that he's been holding on to, yeah, and you see that start to come out. Um, it's really complex because part of you feels so bad uh, for his father. The other part of you feels like, I, you know, I get it and good for you for holding your ground. And it's just really complex scene and they both do such a good job of it. And then the, the cherry on top when he sees his granddaughter for the first yeah. time and he oh. just so badly wants to go to her, but he's yeah. also, you know, he's a recovering alcoholic. He understands the boundary and it's just, Oh yeah. So good. Yeah, it is. <sighs> All right, Jeff. Well, we've we've talked a little bit about it already, uh, but my favorite, my definite favorite scene, is our climactic fight between um, the brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got that incredible uh, song by the National playing about today, mm-hmm. and and Andrew's right. You know, for the this is the final fight, this is the final moment, and for it to be such a soft, sad song, it it really it, it sets me up now for like I know what's going to happen. I'm going to be I'm I'm going to be sad no matter what who wins this fight, but uh, there's so much going on in that scene. And, you know, look, Dayton, you've got a brother, Andrew, you've got a brother. I've got one. And I think one of the reasons this movie resonates with me so much is uh, this scene kind of makes, at least me, like every time I'm done watching this movie, I want to call my brother. I want to see my brother. I want (laughs) to hug my brother. Um, Because if you've had, uh, if you've, if you've ever had the unfortunate, 
uh, position of having a, a very bad conversation or a very bad fight with your brother and, and going through something like that, seeing, like seeing this, you know, it, 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 it kind of recalls a lot of, a lot of memories, at least right. for me, it does. Right. Um, and I, maybe that's one of the reasons I get, I get emotional when I watch this uh, movie at the end, because it, it's, it's about those two brothers and just that moment where, you know, Hardy looks like a, a wild, dangerous <laughs> and very wounded animal when that shoulder's hanging. Oh. Cause you know, he can't yeah. protect himself. And yeah. Grillo mm-hmm. is just, Grillo's just, just giving him the, the, the hard truth. Like, kick him in the head and finish this he's not yeah. your brother right and you know brendan pleading tommy you don't have to do this but man when he puts him in that choke and you know he's you know tommy it's okay yeah you know yeah. And the, the, the music's welling up and then and then he says i love you and that's when hardy taps right and i think that's the like hardy in my in my my feeling is hardy wins the moment he, he loses the match but he wins the moment because now he knows his brother he, he his brother loves him you right. Know? And to your point, like, you know, you even mentioned like, does Hardy, would Hardy give the money to the house to save the house? I, you know, maybe, maybe Hardy is redeemed at the end of this because he has that, that amazing moment with, with, uh, with Nick Nolte in the hotel yeah. room when he takes care of him, when he falls off the wagon and just the tap, you know, well, I don't know. I just, uh, I, it, the movie busts me up, man. The scene, the scene busts me up. <laughs> yes, it does. You, you mentioned that moment, you know, the, the night before with, with his father and he's holding him drunk in bed and mm-hmm. I can't help but like, feel like the, the way he's holding him in the bed kind of looks like a choke. And then at the end, yeah. kind of looks like a hug. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Moment of like closeness that like all this anger and all this love is like, they're swirling around each other. And so like, he's choking him out while screaming, I love you. But it also like, he's holding his brother that he hasn't seen in, what 15 years 16 years mm-hmm. right 15 16 years yeah yes i do uh i do have an older brother and yes i've had a big fight with him before and uh i stood up to him told him i was tired of his crap and i put my hands up like i was gonna fight him and he was like oh yeah and he hit me in the chest and i couldn't breathe for 10 minutes so that was about a <laughs> fast that was a quick fight <laughs> i will never forget it anyway uh so like i said i had multiple ch- uh, scenes chosen um one of them was obviously the final fight mm-hmm. But one of the ones I really want to call out is the scene when Brandon gets in trouble for uh, fighting in the parking lot Um, and his principal calls him in. They have that discussion. And um, it's a couple of the little subtle lines that are in there that really make it interesting. Um, When Brendan says, I guess I didn't put that on my resume. He used to be an MMA (laughs) fighter. And uh, the the superintendent's out in the hallway and the principal looks at him and goes, you know, you really did. And he was like, yeah, and he goes, there's a little bit of a surprise and being impressed, you know, look mm-hmm. on the principal's face, like, wow. You know, and I, I just love the, the, the little bits in that scene that makes that way more interesting than a teacher just getting in trouble. Um, the yeah, other scene, I, your physics teacher that <laughs> like, I couldn't have, couldn't have gone three rounds. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well, Dayton, that's a, it's a good scene you got there because I mean, Kevin Dunn, he should be, we should not like him because he you know, he does suspend him and he then, then he tells the kids, no, what, are you crazy? I'm not, we're not hosting this fight. Right. But you like him, you know, cause you see him at home getting all excited with his wife. Like he made it, <laughs> right. he won, you know? Yeah. I like Kevin Dunn in this movie, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was, he was good. Um, the other thing I want to mention is, uh, the brothers on the beach, um, when they have their, their only real conversation in the movie, uh, the interaction, the the anger, the the hurt feelings, all the emotion 
um, especially the information we gather from that scene um, gives us a lot of what happens. We know that the, the dad was abusive drunk and everything. We know that. And, you know, it's, it's just one of those scenes that it gave you so much information in a very short amount of time while also just being very interesting and very emotional. And so that's why uh, I definitely wanted, wanted to mention that one. Cause I thought that was a, it's one it's with all the other fighting going on and you know, the, the great matches and the exciting fighting. That was one of those right in the middle of all that, where it was a, a very interesting and engrossing conversation. So I had to yeah, mention that one too. Tom Hardy does such a good job in that scene because on paper, it's kind of a boring conversation, right? Say a whole lot. He doesn't really give a whole lot verbally, but his body language and his tone, he just, he says so much. I mean, Jeff, you were talking about a great Tom Hardy is, it, but it, that is his real, his moment to shine in this one. Mm-hmm. Well, he's da- as dangerous and mm-hmm. as menacing as he is in the ring. The the amount of damage he inflicts outside of the ring when he's talking to his brother, when he's talking to Nick Nolte. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just, I mean, it just daggers, man. Like, especially some of the stuff he says to his dad. Yeah. You know, oh, it, hurts. Oh, it, it, it hurts. It hurts to hear it. And, and Nolte's performance to just take that abuse and just, uh, it's harsh. Yeah. It, there's so much, I mean, it seems like almost at times with every line that Hardy utters, which he doesn't have a lot, you know what I mean? No. But it's how he delivers them and what he says. You, you, you're able to gather, you know, a lot of his personality, a lot of his history. Uh, like when he's talking about when his mom got sick, you know, you're just like, God, that sucks that he had to go through that. You know, it just mm-hmm. every, you know, every story, you know, from the him uh, ripping the door off the tank to his, when you find out what happened to his friend from the family friendly fire, you're just like, mm-hmm. well, no wonder he's pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> he's always pissed off. So yeah, yeah, I think he's handling it pretty well. All things can right. Be. Yeah. He's channeling that anger into that match and those guys never had a chance. So whatever. I think I think one of his scariest moments is uh, his first match. Well, you can't even call it a match. His first encounter <laughs> with Mad Dog Grimes. Yeah. <laughs> you know they're they're calling. They, they even make a Rocky joke at him, and he's like, you know, I'll keep your guy warm, right? And he just murders him, and then he looks <laughs> oh. at that that promoter and like with that with the crazy eyes, he's like, you owe me two hundred dollars, right? Yeah. I know. That was, that was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, moving on. Uh, favorite character, Andrew. Um. You know, there's a lot of choices. Um, I don't know that I could pick a favorite, but I I think that I want to talk a little bit more about Frank Grillo's character as his trainer. Right. Yeah. Um, You know, he's he's probably the least broken person in this movie. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Clearly got his life together. He's he's a great trainer. Um, You know, the the announcers talk about it all the time, like how how great an experience of a trainer he is. Um, and you really see that not just like in training montages, but in the ring, you see the impact he has and you can see the, the enthusiasm. He's yelling at Brandon, you know, get your hips down, you know, like all this stuff. And then the, the speeches he gives to Brendan in the corner, or I don't know if you call it the corner in, <laughs> yeah. God, you know, <laughs> like I'm getting fired up. Like I'm ready to go punch something <laughs> so good. Um, but the entire time he's doing this out of love for his friend. And it seems like that's his core motivation. And I think that's just really, really cool, especially in a movie where so many relationships are so toxic to see this really healthy one. Nice. All right. That's a good call. Jeff. I, I got to go with Tommy Conlon. I know it's, it's, it's painfully obvious, but uh, mm. 
he's there's just so much to his to, to the character and and hardy's performance again he uh, you know you guys were talking about how he doesn't have a lot of dialogue but he says a lot with his with his with his eyes he says a lot with his physicality in this movie and and tells you who he is and you know those those rare moments where you see a soft side of him like when he makes the the phone call to pilar yeah you know, asking how the kids are and you know it's it's like wow this this guy's not a not a dangerous animal he's he's not a cold-blooded psycho he's there's someone in there that's hurting too uh so con- tommy would be my favorite you know yeah that phone call i remember the first time watching it, that was such a surprise you know you're like coming out and you're like whoa wait where'd that come from and yeah absolutely absolutely great scene um so <clears throat> you said tommy was obvious because i think uh brendan is the obvious choice oh okay. uh, well because he's he's where in reference to the fighter we're supposed to really like you know mickey mark Wahlberg's character mm-hmm. but um brendan is he's in he's in every guy you know what i mean he's mm-hmm. i wish i would have had him as a friggin science teacher than the ones i had when i was in high school because <laughs> i w- didn't learn squat in those classes i would have been like you know paying i mean like and it proves it when his students are all excited for him they're all cheering him on you know he's mm-hmm. he's doing this because he 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 knows it's the right thing to do for his family and you like him and he's really kind of you know even keel he's not uh, like you said he's he plays the whole movie most of the time really kind of you know you know at ease and stuff like that but like the scene at the bank when he finds out you know he's going to lose his house and um there's a you know the scene with his you know dad at the house he's you know you see those emotions in him and and all those emotions are coming out because his family is in danger in a way and i and that really endears him to me and to put his his life basically on the line to save his family like this, even if it's in a controlled situation, doesn't matter. You know, some people get hurt and for him to do that, I really was like, okay, yeah, this guy, I want to come over to this guy's house and have a drink. Cause he's just, you know, you know, Tom Hardy can stay the hell over there. <laughs> I'm not going. To <laughs> right. So I think Brendan's the, uh, the obvious uh, favorite character for me. So. I, I think th- those are both uh, like, the obvious answers, like you guys said, but I, I think they both do such a good job. And Tom Hardy can say more than I think any other actor, just with a grunt, like he can <laughs> right. just read M M M and he'd be like, mm. and it's just, you get yeah. everything from it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but Joel Edgerton does such a good job in this of like, you can see all the anger inside and him keeping a lid on it the whole time. Yeah. You mm-hmm. really see that he's consciously making an effort to hold it back. And I'm, they never explicitly say it, but I mean, growing up in the household with his father, like he learned, I'm not going to be that guy. And you see that coming through in a couple little subtle ways. You mentioned the scene at the bank and like, I would have lost it. That's, oh, I hate yeah. anchor so much. And he just keeps it, keeps his lid on and walks out. And I was like, that's, that's really impressive the way he does that. Yeah. If this movie has a, a, a bad guy, if it has a true villain, it's, it's the guy at the bank. <laughs> just, you know, he's like. You know, Brent is like you. You told us to refinance. He's like, oh, well, I, I, I suggested it. That I it was your choice. Options. Oh, yeah, that guy's a worm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Banks are evil. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So before we move on to our questions, we are going to take a quick break and hear from our friends at the Infectious Groove Podcast. 
Hey, this is Russ. This is Kyle. This is Michelle. From the Infectious Groove Podcast. Join us every Monday for the most fun you can have with a music podcast. The Infectious Groove Podcast uses a positive and fun approach as we take time every week to share our jammy jams, then dig into a thought-provoking topic discussing all decades and genres of music. You can find the Infectious Groove Podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can head to infectiousgroovepodcast.com to find us there and subscribe. We might have a controversial opinion here or there, but we always have fun with it. Oh, I'm sure I'll say something dumb. Subscribe to the Infectious Groove Podcast, part of the Odd Pods Media Network. All right. We're back, and it's time for questions. So some you are prepared for, some you're not. So here we go. Uh, which of the two movies is more inspirational, Andrew? I think this is going to be one of the few times I'm going to probably pick The Fighter. Um, I think The Fighter is about coming back from rock bottom um, in a way that I think is obviously I've never done crack. At least I hope that's (laughs) obvious to you guys. Um, Well, you still have your teeth, so that's cool. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm definitely, you know, got a few pounds I could afford to lose, but uh, you know, I I think that coming back from that and and seeing the way that um, Dickie was able to change his life after hitting rock bottom is really inspirational. All right. Right. Jeff. Uh, this is a this is a hard one, but I think yeah. I'm gonna go with the with Warrior. Um, you know, and, and no, nothing against uh, Dicky Dicky Eklund's uh, amazing recovery, but uh, I just love seeing. You know, th- I, I think Warrior has more of that. This is people that they're they're hitting. They're not they're not crackheads, but they're hitting. <laughs> they're they're gonna hit rock bottom. You know, yeah. Tommy has nowhere lower to go. You know, and you know, Patty's trying, you know, Nick Nolte's trying to make amends and Brendan's about to lose his house. So um the fact that they're willing to do what it takes to to get ahead to to make something, uh, you know, and then you know, especially like I watch the fighter and I think, well, yeah, I'm glad I never did crack. I watch <laughs> Warrior and I'm like, I gotta go back to the gym. I gotta get back, <laughs> you know. Look at these guys, they're amazing, they're my age, like <laughs> Right, you know. Look yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I think I think Warrior inspires me more. Yeah, and, and Warrior also gives you that like hold on a little bit longer because your your shot can come right. And right. Yeah. Like, exactly. Right. Take a couple more punches until you get that arm bar. You know. What yeah. I mean? Wait for your moment. You can <laughs> hang on a little longer. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, fantastic! All right, uh, Andrew, which movie is more emotional? A oh, Warrior, like you know, it, that's yeah. Not- not even close it's got 20 pounds on the other one it's not even close (laughs) right (laughs) uh i agree jeff i i gotta quote mark Wahlberg here you know if 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 he's coming off the couch i want to i want that couch Uh, (laughs) warrior warrior definitely has 20 pounds on the fighter when it comes to the emotional heft so uh yeah yep it definitely wins there that question all right uh which of the two movies has uh better overall performances andrew oh that's oh man that's a tough one Uh, (laughs) i'm such a bastard i know (laughs) (laughs) i think i'm gonna say warrior um but it's it's neck and neck i think there is more each person has more um like each person stands out on their own whereas i feel like christian bale kind of runs away with it in the fighter um, leaving Mark Wahlberg to kind of drag him down a little bit. So if it weren't for Wahlberg, I think maybe <laughs> the fighter could do it, but Wahlberg drags him down a bit. 
All right, Jeff. I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree. I'm gonna uh, politely disagree with him, and I'm gonna I'm actually gonna go with the fighter on this one, and uh, not just for what um, Christian Bale was able to do, but again, uh, Melissa Leo yeah. just just dynamite in this performance, and uh, now now I'm thinking about it. I just I, I mentioned Hardy looking menacing and threatening that guy, telling me you owe me two hundred dollars. I just now remembered. Melissa Leo has the same line <laughs> in the fighter when like the one of the, w- w- yeah, one of the daughters right. is like, goes again. She's like, you know, you talk to me in my house. You owe me $200. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go better performances. Got to, I got to, I'm going to give it to, um, yeah. Mark Wahlberg's playing Mark Wahlberg, but, but uh, Christian Bale and Melissa Leo are on a whole nother level. And uh, I, I give the win to them. I mean, but it's not a knockout, right? Like we're going to points at the end. We're, right. Oh yeah. yeah. We're going to, yeah. It's, I'm going to say this is going to be a split decision by the yeah, judges, but uh, yeah, we're going to, we're going to give it to the fighter on this one. I, I got to admit uh, when I wrote this question down, I'm kind of like, I'm not sure how to answer this. Uh, at one point I was going with the fighter uh, because uh, Melissa Leo, she is so good. I, I wanted her to get hit by a truck. Um, <laughs> but I think if I look at it on a whole, I think everybody's performance in Warrior was solid, whereas in The Fighter, it really comes down to Bale and Leo being so good and the rest of the cast being pretty good and Wahlberg being Wahlberg. So, yeah, it it comes down to points, but I, I think I'm going with Warrior on this one. So, just barely. <laughs> and an, an underrated one that appears in both. So, Brian Callen um, is the, the actor who plays the announcer at Sparta. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he is surprisingly good in this. Like he's always a pretty in- engaging guy, but like he does so good at getting you into it, making it feel like a real fight. Right. Uh, I just wanted to throw that in there while we're talking about performances. There's there's, there's the, a reason the for that though. In the boxer, <laughs> the yeah. boxing matches in the fighter were fine. They were there. I well, don't really remember them, but I now, remember. To be fair, uh, I know during the final match they used the actual audio from the original match. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the actual audio. So, if, um, oh, <laughs> I well, guess that's better than yeah. Yeah, well, I'm just saying. I thought that was a that was a that was a good choice. Um, yeah. oh, you yeah. know, by him to use the audio from the original match. So, but no, I Andrew, agree. Andrew, I, I'm glad that you mentioned Callan because one of the great things, and I I laugh at not not in like a mocking way, but like I I kind of chuckle because he is 100. I know you're not a big UFC fan, but he is 100 doing Joe Rogan. Right, oh, yeah, sure. and they're friends, so he's yeah. ba- basically he is playing Joe Rogan yeah. without saying that it's Joe Rogan. And, right, and so I watch it. I'm like, uh, "Yep, that's Rogan, all right." That's just, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, let's not take a weird turn with Rogan. Okay. Anyway, especially not the podcast world. We can't. Right. Yeah. I, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> let's not go there. Okay. So, which of the families are you going to hang out with for fun, <laughs> Andrew? Dope. Hard pass. <laughs> Just no. Can I? Is that an option? Well, I, uh, I want to. I want to hang out with Brendan and his family. I liked. I liked his wife and kids. I mean, I'll hang out yeah, with them. That's, that's well. That's easy dating. Any, uh, all of us want to hang out with Jennifer Morrison. Did you see <laughs> well, especially when 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 he comes home and she she goes into the bathroom to see to check on him. Yeah, I'll, I'll hang out with her all day. Man. Yeah, uh, that's a that's about the best answer we're gonna do. But I'm yeah, not scared of Tom Hardy. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so real question: Who's the worst parent, Melissa Leo or Nick Nolte? 
so that's hard to say because we don't really see, we see Nick Nolte after he's recovered. You know, we we see him after he's made all these changes. So it's really difficult to say. Um, whereas we see Alice at her at her worst. Right. Uh, so I, I don't know if in that context, I would say Alice is significantly worse. But you know, seeing these two boys grown up in, in Warrior, I have to assume that that childhood was pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Jeff. I think the clear winner here is Alice. <laughs> and the only reason I say that is because what we know of of Patty Conlon, he was a Marine, an alcoholic Marine who took it out on his wife and his children. Um, you know, and now he's trying to he's trying to do better. He's trying, you know, he's a thousand days sober. He's trying to reconnect with his family. He's asking for forgiveness. Alice, played by Melissa Leo, is terrible. What's her excuse? She's just a bad person. So, you know, she well, it's really she enables her her crackhead son, and right. she ignores her 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 good son. You know, and she's abusive to her husband physically. She's verbally abusive to her seven daughters. I I, I don't know. I don't know what her excuse is. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel bad for Nick Nolte. You know, I she's just selfish and awful. So yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she's yeah, she's an enabler. She uh she just uses Mickey. It's like she's willing to sacrifice, you know, it's like when she keeps booking these fights and he gets his ass kicked just so they can get him money. It's literally their mm-hmm. their their income pretty much comes from uh Mickey getting beaten up. And I'm like, that's yeah. just terrible. So yeah, I I I think ultimately it's uh it's definitely uh Alice as horrible. All right. Dayton, so can I, Dayton, yeah. Dayton, can I throw a quick question at you? Uh, of course you can. In, in a multiverse. <laughs> Where where Alice ends up meeting and marrying Patty Conlon, <laughs> and their 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 child becomes a fighter. What's that guy like? <laughs> uh, Can you root for that guy uh, at all? Uh, it's Mike Tyson. That's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, I can see I can see that kid biting the ear off somebody. I can oh. totally see that. Uh, yeah, the face tattoo, anything, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> moving on all right so uh which fighter scares you the most andrew this could be all the fighters those have to be our two leads i mean tommy conlin or tommy <laughs> whatever you want to call him like he's you know jeff described him as a wild animal in a corner like i think that that's accurate you know the the ferocity that he comes out of the gate with in every single fight is is terrifying um i think you know, I, I can't remember the 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 villain's name, the the, the Russian fighter in Warrior. Oh, Koba. 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 Yeah. Like he he's imposing. Um, and you know, they talk about his record a lot and whatnot, but watching Tommy fight is it's so vicious. <laughs> yes. Uh Jeff. De- definitely Tommy. I am okay. I am not gonna keep him warm for two hundred bucks because he's <laughs> gonna murder me. <laughs> A million, sure. I'll get in the ring for a million. I might not know how to count it afterwards, but I'll get in the yeah. ring. For it. <laughs> Your family will be all right. <laughs> yeah, they'll they'll be able to count it without me because uh, I'll be in the hospital going blah, 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 blah. anyway. Um, so these two movies, which one surprised you the most, Andrew? I mean, Warrior, hands down. I think um, for a lot of reasons. I think the fighter had a better marketing campaign. Uh, it had. Uh, David O. Russell was already an established name. I think, you know, even before you see this movie, you know that they're gunning for some Oscars. Right. 
Whereas when the, the marketing and everything for the Warriors looked like, oh, hey, you like UFC? Come check this out. And I think that that did it a huge disservice because that's not the movie that you get. Right, right. So I think, yeah, I, I was very, very pleasantly surprised. Jeff? I I agree with everything he just said. Um, I did. Like, I was like, well, I don't know who, I don't, I mean, Nick Nolte, but I like UFC. So maybe it'll be a, a good B movie with some good fight sequences. I did not expect to be um, captivated by a, a dark family drama. So Right. Uh, I agree. Uh, more people need to see Warrior. In fact, when I uh, pitched this episode to a couple people, uh, a couple people's response was, uh, well, I don't like UFC. I'm like, that's that's not <laughs> – it's really not about that. Exactly. Anyway, it's. I had the same reaction when I tried to get people to watch Sports Night, and they would say, well, I don't like sports. I'm like, ah, never mind. Just, <laughs> not what it's they about. Can't be, they can't be reached. <laughs> no, it's like, all right, whatever. Anyway, moving on. Okay, so this is a question especially for Andrew, but of course, you know, everybody can answer. Uh, which movie has the best training scenes? Ooh, because um, I know you're a fan of those training montages. <laughs> I, I am. I think I got to go with the fighter on this one. Uh, I remember, you know, I said we. I saw this back in 2010, uh, and then when I was training my most heavily. I remember watching it again and there's a scene specifically, it always stands out in my head where Wahlberg's doing some pull-ups and then he's doing some leg raises and he starts doing windshield wipers with his mm-hmm. legs. Right. And I very yep. specifically remember when I was training, uh, Jeff, you, uh, you would have known me then. This is when I was training for worlds in 2014, I think this was 14 I, before I, I was you, making yeah. sure I could do that. Like Wahlberg, mm-hmm. like I was like, this is, I got to do that. That's, that's what a good workout is. <laughs> um, and so I like that and the, you know, the put clapping pushups and stuff, all that you, you're seeing like real power for, for a boxing or for a boxer. Um, and those, those train outs are no training is no joke because of the power and the speed and everything. So I, I got to give it a hundred percent to the fighter. The training is intense looking in that. All right, Jeff. Uh, again, split decision, but I think I'm going to give it to warrior just yeah. because, uh, I mean, Grillo's got him running up the Hills in the desert. Uh, Patty's got him flipping tractor tires and doing uh sledgehammer swings, right? Uh, tractor, tractor tire flips and sweat sledge swings. That's one of my favorite. That, that's my favorite day in the gym <laughs> when you can do that stuff. And, uh, <laughs> I just love seeing it because it's it's cold, it's hard, you know, it's it's Philadelphia. It just it, you just you know they're miserable. You know, when he's doing his road work out there, you know it's cold. You can feel the cold. And uh I'm gonna I'm gonna go Warrior. All right. Uh I'm gonna give it a little bit of a nod to Warrior as well. So um all right. Moving on, uh let's give these movies a rating. Uh your choices are never again, stream it, buy it used, buy it new, or the 4k blu-ray first up fighter andrew what are you giving it um i would say buy used um i think it's such a good movie it's worth having it's worth seeing but i just think this has a little bit of oscar bait on it where it's like i've watched it it's good i don't necessarily need to watch it again all right all right jeff I would say uh, buy it new. Like I'm, I'm happy. I'm content with the uh, the Blu-ray I got. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't necessarily need to upgrade it for anything as far as like sound or picture quality. I think it. If you got a, if you got a good DVD used or you know, in in my case, I bought the Blu-ray. I, I'm I'm good with that. All right. Uh, I'm gonna go with the uh, buy it used as well. Um, I agree. There is a, some Oscar bait in here, and uh, it's a good movie. I remember and. I remember watching the first time with my wife. And we both said, yeah, it was good. And 
then I watched it again and I'd kind of forgotten, you know, how good it was. But at the same time, it's also one of those I've I've watched it. I can not watch it again for a few years. You know, I'm I'm good for a while. So yeah. Uh buy it used. All right. Uh Warrior, Andrew. Um as a rating system, I'd give it a 10 out of 10, but I feel like with a lot of sports movies, um, I'm going to say buy it new. Uh, I think a lot of these movies start to lose impact after third or fourth rewatch. Um, All right. I don't think this one's going to, though. I don't know. I, I'm going to have to give it a few months and watch it again, kind of see how it hits me again. But uh, it's it's a fantastic movie, but I think all sports movies kind of have an expiration date. All right. Not all sports movies. Uh, that was no, that was an overgeneralization. Lots of sports movies. <laughs> wow. I was waiting for a, a reaction from Jeff. I got upset I, I, about, at myself for saying that. I, yeah. I, I, I saw his self upset. <laughs> so I was like, I, I don't need to, I don't need to throw a punch here. He's, he's good. <laughs> all right. Uh, Jeff, what rating are you giving warrior? Uh, definitely 4k, uh, all the way, uh, when it comes out, I'll definitely upgrade to this one. I mean, I've got the Blu-ray. I would love to have a 4k. Um, the fight sequences look incredible, uh, in Atlantic city. Um, Mark, I think I'm saying it right. Mark Isham, or is it, is it Esham? I'm not sure, but his score. Isham, yeah. Yeah. Isham. Yeah. Isham's score for this movie is phenomenal. And to hear that in all its glory would be fantastic too. So, yeah, I'm on that, uh, 4k, uh, boat too, because, I remember uh, the first time I watched it, I was just like, God, that was way better than I expected it to be. And then watching again for this uh, podcast, I was like, God, that was way better than I expected it to be again. And it's just, Mm -hmm. you're, you're, I even went upstairs and I looked at my wife and I go, I'm a mess. (laughs) It's just, it it, it just really, uh, with like, we all three struggled to find something um, we didn't like about the movie. So that in my mind says that, um, you know, it's almost, it's almost, it's so close to being perfect. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the 4k Blu-ray. So, all right. Uh, well, as always, it's a pleasure talking movies with you guys very much. So, um, so thank you, Andrew. Thank you for having me. I love being here. Uh, make sure to check out his coffee, uh, black key coffee at blackkeycoffee.com. I do recommend the Colombian. Uh, I'm drinking some right now. Uh, Jeff, uh, I know you get some of theirs. Uh, do you have a favorite? Um, again, uh, my obvious choice is always going to be his uh, Guatemala Espresso. Uh, never I, stop making that one. We have so we have some of that choice. too. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. All right. Uh, and uh, Jeff, what's coming up on a film by? Well, uh, a quick plug. Yesterday, we just had uh, the first episode of our new limited miniseries, a film at 45, uh, something Scott Hoffman and David Burns are doing uh, from the old 86 crew. Um, they just covered Greece, a uh, fun episode, uh, very informative, but it also had a lot of laughs. Uh, as for a film by uh, coming up uh, next week, we are going to be uh, covering uh, some, some crazy uh, territory with uh, Terry Gilliam because uh, we're doing one of your favorites, Dayton. Uh, we're going to be talking about 12 Monkeys. Such a good movie. I recently uh, upgraded to a nice uh, steelbook version of that movie because mm-hmm. it's fantastic. Um, I have a lot to say about Greece, and um, it's one of those I've owned for years, but it's both a great movie and a terrible movie all at the same time. So. <laughs> Just- <laughs> then you'll you'll like what those guys have to say. I think. <laughs> I'm sure I will. I'm sure I will. All right. Thanks again, gentlemen. Appreciate it. All right, uh, so come back next week. Uh, We have John, Eric, and Tim stopping by. 
Uh, we're going to get a little dark. We're going to bite the head off a bat. Uh, we're talking about Ozzy Osbourne's Diary of a Madman. Uh, thanks for spending time with us. It does mean a lot. Uh, tell your friends, family, and coworkers all about us. Uh, more listeners, more better. Do yourself a favor and watch more movies. And remember, physical media is better than streaming. The Donkey Bay 77 podcast is produced and edited by Dayton Johnson, recorded with Rode Pod mics, the Zoom Pod Track P4, and edited on Audacity. Opening music provided by Eric Jason Brock. You can find him on YouTube and Bandcamp. Thank you for listening. Dayton, it sounds like you guys are going to be flying high again next week.